Michael Mawale for the win. Alike Okunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Pino gets the crossing. He's towards one man. championship medal. She is the greatest of all time. You just can't say it enough. Wow. Women's singles champion, Serena Williams. Large. Williams into Bird in the corner. You bet. She's done it again. Sue Bird. Welcome into All In, a women's sports podcast here on WFUV Sports. My name is Maddie Bamonte, and I am joined by my co-host, Julia Moss, as well as a friend and special guest, WFUV alumni Kelly Bright. During her time at Fordham, Kelly was a team captain for her three-time Atlantic 10 Championship women's softball team, in addition to serving as a Knicks beat reporter for WFUV Sports. Now, Kelly's a production assistant at NFL Films, but enough from me. Kelly, we're so glad to have your voice back on the WFUV airwaves. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. Maddie and Julia, I've been looking, I've been waiting for the DM to be at this show because I'm so excited that you guys do have a women's sports podcast because I know when Gigi Spear and I were in WFUV, that was like a big thing we wanted to happen. We had our own little like student athlete podcast, but you guys have just taken it and run with it and it's awesome to see. So I'm so happy to be here talking with you guys today. Absolutely. It's an absolute pleasure to have you as always. Um, and I just want to honestly get right into it because I'm so enthralled by your career and the choices that you've taken after college. So you work, like I mentioned, at NFL Films as a production assistant. Can you walk us through what your day-to-day life kind of looks like at your job? Yeah, it's it's funny in sports, and you guys know this from being at WPV, like day-to-day is, is hard to describe because every day is different. Um, working at the NFL, Mondays are insane. Have to go through all the footage from all all 16 games that week 15 16 games and you'll get assigned a few games so you'll have to go through all the different cameras that we send to games and log and special we call it special rolling it's basically going through and naming the play saying what happens and then part of my job is i get assigned to two, usually one or two games a week to then cut pieces for so we have a lot of shows that NFL Films runs. Inside the NFL is one of the main ones I do. We have a YouTube show I've cut for, um, and we have different like things called Turning Point Matchup. So basically, my job is to tell a story of that game, which to me doesn't feel like a job, especially I'm, I've been a big football fan my whole life. So if I get lucky enough to do uh, a game of one of my teams that I like following, it's even more fun. Um, but it's really cool. I, you get to you find the radio calls. You'll do voiceover. Then we have a professional that comes in and do it. I don't get to use my voice as much anymore like I did at WFUV. But uh, so that's a big thing. And then also we're also assigned to shows that are that are not just day to day and and based on the game. So one of my main assignments has been Peyton's Places and Eli's Places, which are on ESPN Plus. And that has been so cool. I've gotten to meet a lot of cool people, the Manning Brothers. John Elway, Lou Holtz, like just names that I can't even believe that I've spoken to, sat in the same room with or, wor- or worked alongside. It's just, it's really, there's been so many pinch me moments that I, I like to say, like, I can't believe I'm doing it. Like, um, so that's been really cool. Uh, I worked on Hard Knocks 
off season, the Detroit Lions one, which blew up. It, it was all over social media and I'm hoping it gets an Emmy nomination, but I don't want to jinx it. So, uh, so that was really fun. And that was like seven days a week that we were there for at least six hours a day. So that was, that was really cool to be a part of. Um, and then I've gotten to also direct on shoots. I'm actually right now I am in Florida. I've been in, I'll be in Florida this whole week, um, directing top hundred shoots. I don't know if you guys know that show. It's basically the NFL players, uh, vote their top hundred players and we go out and we interview them about it. So this is, this is probably honestly one of the coolest shoots I've been on since, <laughs> since I've started. That sounds so incredible. I mean, I love the kind of jobs where it's like, not only it's fun, but like you do something different every day. It's like, I don't know, it's just incredible. And I know you started out as an intern at NFL Films. What kind of, this is kind of a double question here, but first, what was the process like going from intern to employee? And also what initially drew you to NFL Films to begin with? Yeah, so I knew about NFL Films since I was, a kid. My dad is a big football fan. My whole family are Patriots fans. So we, I kind of grew up watching a lot of their programming, top hundred. Um, they have this thing called a football life, which is like 45 minute documentaries on players, um, presents pieces, which are like mini seven to 12 minute, uh, basically documentaries. And I grew up watching those. So it was always kind of on my radar. And then I always knew I wanted to work in sports. I played sports my whole life. My family loves it. And I just think it's it's one of the best things in the world to talk about and to tell stories about. And I think it brings people together. So I knew that was something I wanted to do. So when I was applying for internships in college, the NFL and NBA were the two places that I was really looking. And NFL Films was perfect to me because it was telling stories and it was football. And, and they do such a good job here. They have over 130 Emmy nominations and wins. And so I knew that was a place that if I got a chance to work at, I, I didn't want to leave. So I applied as an intern actually right before COVID hit. Um, so I got accepted into the internship program. And I, to be honest, I think WFUV was a huge reason that 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 opportunity was available for me. I remember in my interview, it was like the first thing they asked me about. So I'm definitely so glad that you guys have stuck with it and, and done uh, done so much with FUV because it's going to help you so much later on. Um but anyways, so I got that internship and then it got canceled because of COVID, like so many other things. Uh, but they let me defer it to 2021 summer. So I got to do that in between my senior year and my fifth year. And it was, I, I just have no words for how amazing that experience was. I learned so much in three months that I learned more in three months than I did in like four years at, at Fordham. I can't even lie. Like it was, it was incredible. So I knew I wanted to come back. I stayed in touch with all my mentors from that summer, I'd reach out and be like, hey, this is what I'm doing at Fordham. This is what I'm doing at FUV. This is what I'm doing at Fordham Athletics. And I'd send them samples of my work. Like, in, and they didn't mind. Like, it wasn't like I was being annoying about it. It was just every, I'd say about every month and a half or so, I would just send an email. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, like, how's your family? By the way, this is what I've been working on. Just whatever. And, and then when applications came out, again, I reached out to my former boss, my mentor, and was like, hey, just so you know, I'm submitting an application. And they were like, oh yeah, we know, we flagged your resume. So it was really good to hear. And, and the process coming back wasn't too bad. It was because I had worked my butt off as an intern. And I, I can say that, like, I, and that sounds very cocky, but I, I really did. I think working hard is something I've always proud, pride myself on. And they knew that. And so they offered me to come back as a production assistant. And I've been here almost exactly seven months. So it's been really, it's been really fun.
That's honestly great to hear that you've just had such a long tenure with one company. That's crazy, especially as a recent grad, like not a lot of recent grads get that kind of opportunity. Um, But kind of shifting over to some of the difficulties, I know in social media and content creation in today's time, it's very difficult to keep something that's relevant and keep something that's fresh for everybody. What are some of the difficulties you experienced at NFL Films to really like make your content the best it can be? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's something that films is struggling with right now and trying to figure out how to how to best adapt because uh, you guys know this. A lot of people who work in sports media have been there for a very long time. And, and I hate to say this, but they have a very one dimensional way of thinking. And you're starting to see change. You're starting to see people who look different and think different have opportunities to make that content and, and to share those ideas. But Still, I think it's one of those situations, and I'm trying to be as respectful as possible here, but uh, it's one of the situations where the people at the very top who have the most power have had one way of thinking for a very long time. And so I think right now it's kind of them being being able to hear younger people's ideas and maybe people who have who are at that Gen Z level and, and are around social media more and kind of being open to the idea. Like, I know right now we don't have a TikTok, which to me is is strange. And I know that's like one thing we've been pushing for as PAs. We're kind of like, everyone's on TikTok, even though we're the NFL, like we should have it. There's the NFL TikTok, but there should be an NFL Films one as well. So it's just stuff like that. But in terms of the actual content, I, I think one thing I learned is I used to see videos be posted and they were super flashy with like a million edits and a million effects, which is cool. And impressive and I I don't I'm not able to do some of the things I see people do I just saw some guys real the other day and he had like pictures turning into 3d motions that were spinning and all this stuff which is so cool that we have the technology to be able to do that but at the end of the day that's gonna go something something like that is gonna go viral but something as touching as I just saw a piece that the NFL put up about uh the Washington commanders have a player who's been cut four or five times and he finally just made his first Pro Bowl and that went more viral than any of those flashing videos so I think at the end of the day if you can find a way to tell a story in that short amount of time that people can relate to it's going to be shared and it's going to be relevant because at the end of the day like seeing something like that we even I've never been to the NFL you guys have never like we've never been cut from a practice squad of an NFL team but we've experienced rejection we've experienced having to fight to fight to have ourselves in the same room as other people so we can relate to that. And when we see him overcome that in that video, like we can relate to that emotion. And I think that's one thing I like about NFL films is that they do try and humanize these players and make them um, relatable to the average everyday person. So I think that's, that's one thing I've definitely learned is it doesn't have to, everything doesn't have to be super flashy. At the end of the day, if you can tell a good story, it's going to reach an audience. You kind of touched on something really interesting in your answer there, being a part of, you know, a huge change probably that's going to happen, already starting to happen in sports, and and I can only imagine it's going to continue, but you specifically are in a really interesting position in in a sense of you're young, but you're also a woman in sports. So I kind of want to hear about that experience so far being, you know, so young in the industry, but also being a woman in sports, you know, what have been the the challenges of that, the... um, the not challenges of that? What's been uh, that experience like so far being in that intersectionality of young and being a woman? 
Right. I would say, I mean, you guys, I'm like preaching to the choir here. You guys understand. I think I was very fortunate at WFUV to be around colleague, male colleagues who were very supportive and very, they were not prejudiced. They were willing to hear my opinion, willing to listen to me talk about sports. However, I've learned since being at NFL that not every room, not every press room you go into is going to be that um, appreciative and supportive and willing to hear what you have to say. And, and I will say, I think there's, I can see change being made. I can see, even at NFL films, there's more female PAs than male for the first time in I think their company history. And the last two or three interns at classes they've had is more female and more minority led than than white male the way it's always been so I do see change happening however like I kind of mentioned in the last question you'll I mean and it's even at WFUV the people in charge charge with the most power are the people you kind of expect to be there and I think the more people who are different and come from different backgrounds have an opportunity to be at that top level I think that's when we'll see real change start to happen I know I think it's one of I tell this story a lot I've actually told this in interviews is my first time beat reporting for the Knicks I remember very just I'll never forget this I was wearing a pink blazer which looking back I don't know why I don't know what legally blonde moment I thought I was going to have doing this but I wore a pink blazer and I walked into that press room and it was 25 middle-aged white men wearing navy blue suits and then me. And I, that was the first time where I was like, oh, sh-. like, I don't know if I can swear on this, but I was like, oh, crap. Like, I, am I supposed to be here? And it's it's this thing called imposter syndrome. And I'm sure you guys have experienced it at some point or, or another. But that's one thing as a woman, especially working in, in the NFL, where there is no right now there's no female equivalent to the NFL and it's, there's never been a professional women's football player. Now I, I don't know if there ever will be, but now you're starting to see it at high school and college levels, which is cool to see, but there is that kind of stigma of like, okay, she's never played. Does she really know what she's talking about? And sometimes it's not usually overt. It's usually very subtle, but it'll, it'll kind of be one of the things where like, you'll ask a question and they'll be like, Oh, I don't, are you sure you know that? Or, or you'll be talking, you'll, you and another someone else who is at your same level, there's an opportunity for an interview with a player and they're going to probably pick the guy. And I've seen that happen, not just to me, but to other people where it's like, oh, like, does she really know what she's talking about? And I think, especially talking in sports radio, I think I, I did my capstone project when I was a grad student at Fordham. I talked to a lot of women who were much more successful than I am in the industry. And that was one thing they all talked talked about was the fact that they felt like they had to prove themselves when they were on air, when they were on camera, when they were, for me, when I'm editing videos, like I feel like there's just that one, up, there's another layer that you have to achieve that maybe a guy wouldn't have to, you like, you have to prove that you belong. And is that right? No, but is that the reality? Yes. And I think that's, I, I can say even at my job now, I do feel like there's that okay, like she's got to prove herself if she's going to be treated equally. And once you're there, I don't think it's a problem, but it's the fact that you have to jump through a few more hoops than your male colleagues would have to. 
Absolutely. And you mentioned a really good point about being a beat reporter, especially at WFUV. I recently began beat reporting for the Nets. So I definitely relate in a sense of like walking into a room and being like, not only am I like the youngest person here, but I'm also one of like three women. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic for sure to get used to, but kind of emphasizing or capitalizing on uh, what you said about being a Knicks beat reporter. What is that experience like done for you in a sense of what you're doing now how is it what skills did you obtain from that experience that you think you still can use now oh it was one of the i mean you you guys know this from beat reporting it is one of the coolest experiences that wfub has to offer and i think honestly i think we're now seeing more they're giving those roles to women which is really cool because once you have your foot in the door foot, once you have your foot in the door like the opportunities are endless and once once you can prove to yourself that, hey, you belong in that room with them just as much as the guy who's been there for 20 years at New York Post. You know, like you you are asking, you're thinking of the same questions. You're being around the same players. You're in that same environment. So for me, it was really good in like re- reassuring myself that this was something I could do. Um, just being like, even I remember the first like 15 games I went to, I didn't ask a question, but I'd be writing down the questions that I thought would be good and that I would ask. and people were asking those same questions. So I was like, okay, like we're on, I'm thinking the same way that they are. It's just about getting the confidence to finally do that. But I think just learn, just being around a professional environment like that prepares you so much. Like even, so yesterday we went and did interviews with the Jacksonville Jaguars and I was kind of taught, my boss is here with me and, and I, he was like, oh, have you been in a locker room before? And I was like, well, actually, <laughs> I was like, well, actually at WFUV, we got to do pressers after all the games. So it is, it is really cool that, at such a young age, we're able to be be exposed to stuff like that. Um, and, it, and it's definitely helpful in interviews. And it's definitely helpful now being in those situations and having already experienced them when I was in college is so beneficial. Yeah. And I want to highlight another crucial part of your career, which is your college athletics career, because that was huge for Fordham. The softball program at Fordham is amazing. Um, and over the past couple of years, we've kind of seen a shift in women's sports, especially in college with the NIL deals, more marketing, more um, attention towards them. What is your kind of take on the current attitude towards women's sports in the college sphere? And can you give us a little commentary on like your time as a college athlete? Yeah, I think, first of all, I think you, have you guys a Gigi on? No, not yet. We want to. She would talk about that for hours, but I know me and her have talked about this issue. Oh my God. So many times. And I think like, like everything I just talked about, there's definitely change. You're definitely seeing growth in that area. Women's sports being promoted more. I think playing softball was awesome because softball, I think might be one of the best promoted um, female sports, especially at the collegiate level. Like I think the reason that it does so well is because our games are broadcast especially when you get to the world series. I mean, it's on ESPN. It's on those main channels. Instead of being on ESPN plus or ESPN three or ESPN 12, it's on the actual channel, which you don't see, you don't even see with the WNBA. So I think the fact that I got to play a sport that is well covered was really cool. And I think there's obviously still so much growth needed to be had, but um, I think playing a sport was one of the best things I could have done. I bring it up in interviews. It makes me relatable to ask the other athletes will be like, oh, like when I had 6 a.m. lift or when I did this, like, oh my God, I remember that. I remember having to do rehab and, and all those kind of things. So being able to relate to other people 
has been awesome. And then I think it taught me how to work with a team, work hard, be on time, time management. I, it, it, it was kind of like a full-time job when I was in college. So I think it taught me a lot of really cool things. The girls on the team will be my, will be in my bridal shower. Like they'll be my best friends for the rest of my life. So I can't thank Fordham softball enough for the opportunities they gave me. But in terms of just women's sports in general, I, I do think we're starting to see more, but I just don't think it's enough. Like I, I always think of the U S women's soccer team and just how mistreated they were for so long and how they're so much better than the men's team. Like if anyone watched the U S men's world cup, like come on, like go, if you like that, go watch women's soccer. The teams are amazing. Their talent is insane. They've been good for so long. And I think uh, the fact that they still have to fight so hard and they get so much criticism for even standing up for themselves is such a shame. And I think it's the same with the WNBA or they've they've started – there is a professional softball league. It's not anywhere close to WNBA or anything like that, but you just it never gets brought up. And I would never argue – I'm not someone who thinks that a WNBA player should make the same as an NBA player because at the end of the day, like I do work in the industry, I understand that – the NBA and the NFL, like they bring in so much money that for a very long time, the WNBA won't be able to match. However, like it's more just like proportionally how much the players make. Um, they're, they're, they're not, they're not even being given the same opportunity to, to make what they deserve. And just some of the stories you hear about having to stay in like one star hotels and, and all the stuff they have to put up with, even though they're a professional athlete, is just so disappointing. And I think, the first step in making a change is giving them more exposure. It's hard for people to be a fan if if they can't watch. The reason people watch the, pe- the reason people are so invested in the NFL, in the NBA, and even NHL, MLB is because they can always watch it. It is so easy to follow these teams. It's literally like thrown in your face every day. You turn on Sports Center right now. I guarantee the first forty five minutes are going to be highlights from the NBA, the NFL, maybe some maybe some hockey and it's just going to be their big names, their big plays over and over again. And maybe, maybe one, one play from a woman's game will show up. And only if it's like a freak play or like some scandal happened. And I'm like, what, why, why don't, why don't we talk about women's sports or show women's sports? If not as much as the men's, at least close. I just think people are always like, well, nobody watches that. Nobody cares about that. But that's because they don't have an opportunity to. I think that I just, I think of college softball as such a, it's such a good example. We've now surpassed call the college baseball world series. And it's because they put it on TV more than the college, the, than the baseball, than college baseball. And people love it. Like I remember during the world series last year, like I would see it on in bars, like college softball will be playing on like, in like super like dive sports bars and like, that was so cool to me. And I've had so many people, like if I'll wear my Fordham softball shirt at the gym, I've had people come up to me and they're like, oh my God, like I watch softball on TV. Like me and my kids watched it the other night, like that, the Oklahoma team, they're insane. And I just, I see that. And I think of the opportunities that there could be for other sports that just, they haven't been given the chance yet. I'm like, if they showcase college, women's college basketball or or professional women's soccer, the way that they do college softball during our World Series, I just think the possibilities are endless. Yeah, and you make you made several good points there. I think another thing is like at the end of the day, people are going to follow storylines and things that they they know. And I think we saw that a lot with um, in twenty 
2020 in the NCAA uh, Women's uh, March Madness, Paige Beckers versus Caitlin Clark. Like that was a storyline that was pushed so much. And then of course the numbers back that up. And not only is it hard to find women's sports on TV, but ESPN and Sports Center and, and CBS Sports or whatever needs to do a better job of pushing storylines that they do that you see in the NBA and the NFL. Because, you know, there's a lot of sports fans that really just enjoy the drama of it all. And I think that's something you can see a lot in women's sports if they just gave it the coverage that it deserves. But shifting a little bit. Um, really, really, one thing you just said, and it just like sparks in me, is like, think of like Paige Bucket, like, People love stars. Like everyone knows who Brittany Griner is. Everyone knows like Simone Biles or Serena Williams because they're stars. Why not make some of these girls star? Like why not showcase them like you would LeBron? Like make them a star and people will love them. Like that's, I think that's such a good point you just brought up. Exactly. Yeah. And hopefully, I mean, things are starting to move in a good direction. So hopefully we see that same blueprint you see for men's sports start to transition into, into women's. But um, what has been your favorite women's sports moment? This could be on the field, something you've seen. I'm just curious to know what your favorite women's sports moment has been. Crazy question. Um, hmm. Well, I'm kind of biased softball wise because I grew up playing and watching it. Um, So for me, Personally, it was play, winning the A-10 championships with my team. But in terms of just larger than Fordham softball, um, I would, I'm would. i a big softball fan, so I love seeing um, James Madison a few years ago and their run in the College World Series. Um, just I love the, a good underdog story and the way they were able to come together and make a push, and their pitcher – was insane and she made so many crazy plays so that's something that's always stood out for me and I even think about the Oklahoma team this year and I think they deserve to be they should be nominated if not win the SB for best team because they were absolutely ridiculous and insane and just to me being a playing that sport myself and seeing what these women are able to accomplish and do at, the, at in the same sport is just mind-blowing to me um I grew up a big soccer fan Mia Hamm was like my favorite player growing up. So I always think I wasn't, I was too young to remember, but, but those 99 women on the women's team and just rewatching those games, um, ripping off the shirt, showing the sports bra, like the, those moments to me are just iconic. I'm trying to think Serena Williams this year, I watched her last game and I cried. Um, that was a big one for me, a recent one. I'm trying to think. That is such a good question. Uh, Those are some those are some of my favorites for sure. It's a great group. Great group of plays. Yeah, I'm, I probably like, rotated through all of them. Like everybody has said so many different options that I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. That's like my favorite sports moment ever. No, the soccer one was a big one for me. And I I I love watching them every time in the World Cup every time. Or not the World Cup, but yeah the USA women's team every time I try to watch when they're on like a national game I try and watch because I just think they're so incredible they're crazy to watch there there's never a bit like a bad time to watch them either like they always put their best foot forward out and it's just exciting to see them every year um Abby Wambach had a header in one of their national games I, I try I to I'm sitting here and I'm trying to remember what year it is and I can't it's but 2011 it's in our intro specifically it's in our intro my favorite yeah. sports moment of all time, women's <laughs> women's. 
it was like the 118th minute oh yeah. my god against brazil oh my god <laughs> um but going back to Fordham and kind of bringing it back to WFUV like as an alumni it's always great to see your face pop up like on my timeline in the studio ever it's always such a pleasure to see you and see what you're doing so I kind of want to talk about if you received any advice or what was your favorite piece of advice that you received during your time at Fordham maybe after but what can you kind of give away to the people listening oh I mean, first of all, I think what you guys are doing now is awesome. The fact that you've started this podcast, you're putting, you know, I think one thing I've always been told by by mentors, I think Bobby Schaffardini, honestly, has been such a good man. I, sometimes like me and him used to not get along at the very beginning, but he has been so awesome for me and given me so much great advice. And you guys know from talking to him, if you talk to him for two minutes, you end up talking to him for two hours and that's just how he is. But some of the advice he's given me has been so beneficial, like, one thing I, and I think this comes from being a woman, to be honest, is, is just struggling with confidence and believing in yourself to do things that seem difficult. And the, honestly, some of the best advice he's given me is like, you won't know until you try. And I think you guys are a prime example of doing that. Like one thing I wish I could go back and do would, would be do color commentary. And I remember Bob used to be like, I think you'd be great at it. I think you can do it. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, whatever. And he pushed me to, to host, to be on air. Like, I remember when I walked into WFUV, I was like, listen, I just want to learn behind the scenes and that's it. Like, I don't need to be on air. That's fine. I just like, like being around sports. And after like a week, Bobby was like, well, you know, you're going to, you're going to do updates here. And then you're going to do this tomorrow, tomorrow. And then next week you're going to be the A host of one-on-one. And I think him pushing me out of my comfort zone really taught me so much about myself. So be comfortable being uncomfortable. That's a huge cliche, but I would not be at NFL Films if I didn't do that. And even even to, like tomorrow, I am getting to interview the Bucks players, which is something that I I can't believe that I just said that that I'm going to be able to do that. And that's so out of so far out of my comfort zone. But the fact that I've taken leaps before that is the reason I'm here. Tomorrow is going to be a leap for me. But once I've done that that opens more doors for me. So don't be afraid to say yes to things that you don't think you can do because, because you can do so much more um, than you think. And then one last piece of advice is something that Isis Young preaches. Um, you, I don't know if you guys have met her, but she, um, she's awesome. She was only at WFB for a year, but she's always giving back. And that's, that's one thing she's taught me is it's basically to pull as you climb, I think is her, is her kind of way of saying it. And we've talked about this on this whole show is, is just how we are trying to grow the women in sports industry. And the best way to do that is to not be envious and not be petty with other girls trying to do the same thing. Like at the end of the day, we are all fighting a battle and it's going to take all of us to be able to break those glass ceilings and, and make those opportunities. And so really along the way, reach back. Like I, I've only been, I've graduated what, seven months ago. And I'm already, I'm doing this podcast with you guys. And to me like that, this is like one of the most exciting things for me to do because to me, like I see you guys as like the next, the next generation of stars. And I look at what you guys have done and and started this podcast and what you're doing at WVB. And I'm like, wow, five years ago, none of this would have been possible. No way would there have been a women's sports podcast at WFUB in 2010. Like, I promise you, no one even considered that. And now 
you got by you guys starting this podcast, the girls who are coming in as freshmen are going to see this and be like, okay, where can I take that? Like, what else is an option for me? So I think always going back and trying to help the generations after you is huge. I know Isis has always said she takes her job so seriously because how she performs as a color commentator, as a, as a black woman in sports is going to determine if the next black woman in sports is going to have that role someday. So I think taking, taking that responsibility super seriously and the, and the fact that as a woman in sports, like you are going to face challenges, but how you handle them is going to determine, is going to determine how the next girl in your spot is, is going to have that if she, if she's going to have the opportunity or not. So always thinking about the people behind you is, has been really helpful, helpful for me and really pushed me to do um, to do things I didn't think would be possible. Absolutely incredible advice. And I have one more question here for you, Kelly. Thank you again for, for all the time you've given us. Mm -hmm. Kind of ending on a wholesome note. What advice would you give now to the next generation of women who are looking to work in sports? Oh, two things. One, you guys are already doing. Talk about women's sports. And you guys are literally doing that. So prime example, because like I said, I just think there should be so much more exposure um, for women's sports. And the more media attention it receives, the more airtime it gets, the more people are going to be able to talk about it the way that they talk about NFL teams or NBA teams or, you know, former, former great male athletes. We should be talking about Serena and the conversations that we have. We have about Tom Brady, Michael Jordan and LeBron. Um, and I think we're getting there. And so I think the more that we bring those things into the conversation, the better. And then, like I just said, just keep saying yes to opportunities and keep trying new things. The good thing about media is that it goes away in a second. So if you try something and you fail, you know what, tomorrow there's a whole new timeline of information and people are going to move on from it. So keep making content, keep just talking about things and it's going to go a long way. For sure. Absolutely amazing advice. Thank you so much, Kelly, for all of your time here today. We can't wait to see what else you do. I will be looking forward to the interview with the Bucks. I will be watching now after. Um, but that is all the time we have today here on All In, a women's sports podcast. Um, if you want to listen to any of our stuff, you can listen wherever you get your podcasts and tune in for our next episode next week. But until then, this has been Maddie Bamonte, Julia Moss, and Kelly Bright with All In.